0: Warning, this show is rated M for melanin.
1: And nobody actually wants to say I condone rioting and crime because then they sound like a criminal and they, like they can't be trusted. But when no one will hear you, what are your alternatives?
2: Welcome to Blacklight, the podcast that keeps it light while talking blackness.
1: We're your hosts, Sheldon, Jason, Warren, and Julian.
0: We're here to cast Blackness in a new light from a fresh, finessed perspective.
1: Every episode, we examine a social issue or current event through an unapologetically Black lens.
2: The show exists because in today's media climate, the experiences and perspectives of color are often unseen or overlooked.
1: We wanted a place to share stories of Black people by black people for all people this is that place
0: this is black light
1: on this episode breaking shit works now let's get into it all right uh hey fellas it's it's good to see you uh What's, what's been going on in the world? Nothing. Nothing, right? Nothing at all? Nothing recently? Uh, nothing. I, I heard, uh, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that there have been a few rioters and some looting going on and some other things like that, and I figured <laughs> we definitely got to focus on the rioting and the looting, for sure. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Definitely. <laughs> um, no, actually, I thought this was, would be a good time to actually talk about protest, and just get your guys' thoughts and feedback on what's been going on in the world, the protests that we've seen, not only close to us, but really Uh, across the world. And I want to start off just by saying I don't think that I've ever seen anything like this in just a response, just such a global response to something that happened and the outpouring of support, while it has been incredible. I mean, there's also been a lot of emotions, I think, for everyone. And including us and to just be able to talk about that a little bit would be great um, I know for me, I wanted to actually be out in the protest out in the streets with my fists in the sky And fate had other plans for me I actually had some time scheduled off work and was able to go see my mom, which was great But there was a whole lot of guilt that I felt about that I really felt that I needed to be, you know, especially living in DC I really just felt like man, I really really would love to be in the nation's capital with my fist in the air But here we are talking about it so I figured we'd open it up a little bit. And Jason, I know that you were out there protesting and warning you rioting,
3: too. rioting and looting. Yeah. <laughs> <a> rioter, looting,
1: <laughs> got your gas mask on. Uh, but yeah, man, what was that like? I, yeah. I think that people are wanting to know. I mean, I'm sure that people listening were out there, but folks who Yeah, weren't, yeah.
3: So yeah, it was, well, first of all, it was my first protest. So, but you know, not only, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not only was it my first protest, but of course it's doing, you know, COVID nineteen and Shelvin, you and I had this conversation earlier. You know how conservative I am about what I do during this, you know, time. So I was initially super nervous about actually doing it and I talked myself into it and out of it several times. But I did go ahead and decide to go. I actually went with your cousin. I went with Cam. Actually asked Cam. Yeah. Yeah. Musical actually asked him. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the unofficial fifth fifth member. Shout outs to him. And um, I, I actually asked Warren, and we're going to talk about this later. But you know, he kind of, <laughs> kind of gave me the cold shoulder. But that's okay. Uh, so that several Just, did several other people? <laughs> Didn't leave you on red?
1: Didn't leave you on red?
3: <laughs> he did. He did. No, he was like no. Uh, <laughs> but then he ended up. Going, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so I went out. I went out to DC and. You know, the first thing so when you first get out there, the thing that is sort of shocking is how it looks. Like so many of the buildings are boarded up. There's graffiti literally everywhere, like all over the statues, all over mine. It's, it's um it's it's really insane to kind of experience and look at. And another kind of shocking thing is the huge presence. And now this was um about two weeks ago. But, like, the huge presence of military and police and the Metropolitan Police and the Capitol Police, it is, like, something that I have never experienced, never thought I would experience. Like, how it, it almost looked like a police. It, it was literally like a police state. So, there's that intimidation factor. So, the protest started off near the White House. Well, the, the Fortress of Solitude right now, it's, it's, it's really blocked off. Now, it's... Um, Black Lives Matter Plaza now, but that's where it actually started. So when you first kind of get to the protest, it's just a bunch of people. I would say maybe two two hundred folks, just you know, kind of standing around, and you know, with their signs. There was people from literally um, newscasters and, and people from the media all over the country. So you could hear, a, you know, a reporter from France, a reporter from Italy. Like it was, it was insane, and. So you're experiencing that, and you know it's just like there's no agenda of how a protest is going to go. This is my first time going, so I had no idea where it was going. And this one lady, this um beautiful black sister, really got everybody kind of wrapped up. And her overall message was, "I'm I'm really nobody, you know. I'm I'm nobody special, you know. Anybody can be doing mm. this, but I'm here to really support black men. Um, they're not." They're not suspicious. They're not. I mean, she gave this incredible speech, and it turned these 200 or so strangers to like a united family. Like she got everybody so into it, and, and really encapsulated everything that I was feeling. And uh, man, it, it was just so emotional just from the onset. And you know, I'm not sure who the who in particular organized this protest, but there was certainly a leader. And it was this young brother who was n- probably not over 25 that was leading this group of diverse folks, you know, from mm. ages to races. This 20, like two, 23 year old was was galvanized all these people and leading them it was like Moses. You know, it was it was amazing. Mm. Sounds you know like how a, pe- uh,
1: like a Fred Hampton type man. If, if you don't know <laughs> who that is, look him up. <laughs> See what happened to him.
3: Yeah, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the next leader was was birthed from just that that one protest. So we started off near the White House, near the gates, and we were right actually by St. John's Church, of course, the site of, in my opinion, the most grotesque mm. abuse of presidential power that we have seen Facts. in a in a in a very long time, when the current occupant of the White House shot at and gassed Americans, uh, <laughs> Americans. <laughs> to do a photo op. So, you know, you see this church, you see it boarded up like, like this had literally just happened. So it just really, really, really threw me off. So again, we started off at the White House and we made our way. There were essentially three main stops, the Capitol building. And the second stop was uh, Trump International Hotel, which is in the federal triangle. And, you know, guarding this, Massive building, which has Trump all over it, right? His, his big emblem on it were, I would say, about 20 or so, 25 to 30 policemen guarding the, this, this huge, you know, hotel. So the guys that were leading the protests had to stop there and kneel, like right there, kneel in front of them. And a couple of the protesters got up in, into the uh, metropolitan police that were guarding this tower. And started yelling at them, essentially, you know, some mm. nice, some not so nice. And, uh, man, I tell you, man, I, I got so swept up that I actually joined these guys and women that that were sort of speaking truth to, to power in, in, you know, in various different ways, like in, in harshness and tone and in lightness and tone. And as I passed each officer, I got madder and madder and you know it got to the point where i i went up to an officer that looked like me like a black officer
1: i knew that's and where this was going
3: i got <laughs> so i mean that's honestly when the tears started to flow i was i was so was like an angry mad mm. and you know i was just so i was you know fairly cordial for, for being outraged and you know, my, my
0: <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs>
3: Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Why are you selling out? No, no, it was it, it, it wasn't that. You know, it was just like I, I told him. I, I hate the fact that he's being paid to guard this asshole's uh, the use word I used then mm-hmm. this asshole's top, like you know monumental tower of, of access right. And we actually had an exchange. I, I kind of went off, and I calmed down, um, and we actually had. A, a great exchange. Um, I didn't agree with anything you saying. His his basic premise was, "Hey, if we weren't here, somebody would burn this building down." And then I told him that that would be fucking great because <laughs> it doesn't need to be here in the first place. <laughs> That's not really a good That's reason fine. to to be guarding this. And uh, you know, but it it was a it was a healthy exchange. You know, I told him this is no disrespect to him as a person. I just hate that he's placed in this position. I hate the circumstances that called for him for taxpayer money to be used to guard this president's tower, his, his, his hotel. So thankfully I did get arrested because I, I was, I was pretty heated, but I wasn't yeah. able to calm myself and, and have a good conversation. So from that point, we marched all the way down to the capital and essentially, you know, that's 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 how it ended. But um, one thing I will never forget about that experience is in the middle of the protest when we were we stopped, I looked behind me and I saw this enormous presence of military and guard. it had to be at least 90 police behind us, police, military like, with guns. And, you know, it just... It, it oh, made they weren't me...
1: acting as friends?
3: No, they weren't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, shockingly. And um, it, it just really reminded me of, like, all the things that I have looked at in textbooks and, and video and, and documentaries on how the 60s were. And even though this is a really fucked up time, how worse it was for, for black folks and, and, and allies back in the day. And when they had policemen on their backs, when they were actually attacked... And police didn't do shit, you know, no, nobody was hurt in, in this particular protest, but it just reminded me, like, you know, as far as, as we have come, we have such a long way to go. Um, so that was my experience. It For me, it was it was pretty much life changing It's something that I want to continue to do, not just protest, but to, you know, really start to get uncomfortable, to really start to put myself out there and be an active part of organizations that are bringing about real systemic change to the system. So the criminal justice system to start off with, and then, you know, the financial system, the systemized racism, all that, you know, just to align myself to find an organization that I can align myself with and be an active participant.
1: For sure, man. Uh, now, Warren, I know that you also oh. got a chance to get out there. What was your experience like? What were your, your thoughts, your feelings? What was the scene? Well, Sherry, I was in Rockville.
2: That in Montgomery County, Maryland. Ooh, don't so... you mean North Bethesda? <laughs> no, I mean Rockville. <laughs> it's all the <to> same.
1: <laughs> a little local um, humor there.
2: Yeah. The the general protest there was I mean, it was it was a lot larger than I thought it was gonna be. There were probably a few thousand people there. The the police sort of cordoned off everything for us and walked along with us to try to, to make sure that they could have cars deviate in different directions so that the protest could do what the protest was going to do. It was a very controlled and nice event led by a bunch of high school students, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, everyone that seemed to be communicating with the police looked to be about 15 plus or minus two years. Uh, And the police were treating them with all the respect in the world saying, okay, so when we get to this spot, this is what we need you to do so that we can make sure that uh, Everybody's safe getting to such and such a spot. It was, I mean, it was it was good. There was a section of speeches, then we did some walking, and it reconvened back at the end at the courthouse in Rockville. And so Jason Jason mentioned that I I was like Nah, I'm not going to protest mm-hmm. uh, when he asked me to protest. And up until I'd say thirty minutes before, Jenica left my my girlfriend, left to go to the protest, I wasn't going to go protest. I didn't want to go. Uh, I was scared to go.
3: Why were I... you scared to go?
2: What do you mean, why was I scared to go? Was it a COVID have thing you, or the you... danger of it? Like uh, the, No, it's not the COVID yeah. thing. Like, I, I wore a mask the whole time and I got a mask that... like seals to my face and i'm all good and i wasn't going to be around anybody that i don't live with already anyway you know in terms of like separation distance i was scared that something was going to happen and the police in the area were going to use one event or one person's foul action as like a galvanizing moment for themselves to do whatever they wanted with whoever they saw i felt like if i was in the police's gaze for any particular moment, and they looked at my pockets and saw my wallet, they'd be like, maybe I should ask him what's in his pockets, right? There was, it was just, there There were too many eyes, too much police presence. I don't like being in police presence. I try to stay out of police presence in general. So putting myself in a volatile situation with a bunch of police there, In a situation in which we've seen around the country, uh, we've seen all of this stuff go wrong, very recently, as recently as like the day before
1: I I went out. Well, hold on now, Warren. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a good idea. Well, hold on because we know that if you're black, as long as you don't commit any crime, then the police won't mess with you. So your fears were unfounded, right? That's
0: facts. That's facts. All lies. (laughs) Okay. okay. This is where that laughter <laughs> comes. Am on. I going to be the one that says that?
2: <laughs> How many times do we have to show people video evidence or anecdotal evidence that it doesn't matter whether or not a black person does something wrong? The police have shown that they will and and consistently find glee in hashtag Not All Police, but. <laughs> Uh, consistently find glee in stopping black people for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to be one of the people that is within their their sphere of influence. So I try to stay away from that sphere as much as I can. And one of those ways is by staying at home. <laughs> and, yeah. and this podcast is actually one of the ways that I feel like I can protest safely heard that. by saying the things that i feel and saying them on a public platform in a way that people can access and the feedback that we've heard on this podcast has shown me that that is working it's doing what i wanted it to do this to me is is my best way of reaching out to the most people to do something like that i think it was important that i was another body at that march but did I want to be there? Did I like it? I see I see on Facebook a lot of people going like, oh my gosh, it was so great to be at blah, 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 blah. I didn't like it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't feel good the entire time I was there. Did I feel moved internally? Sure. Would I give up that movement feeling for safety and security? Probably.
1: Hmm. That's actually really interesting that you say it in that way. And I think that that's a one, it's just good for people to hear that perspective. I think a lot of people assume that folks are just wanting to be out there. And there's a difference between the desire to make your voice heard and make change and make a difference and actually put yourself in potential physical danger. And I think that uh, that protests, like you're saying, they take on many forms and we have to use the skills and the talents and our gifts accordingly. And if we are, sometimes it doesn't make sense. For instance, if maybe you were a lawyer or you have another skill and you were to be at a protest and then you were to get locked up, well, we don't need you locked up. We actually need you helping people who are getting arrested. That's, I understand that. It was definitely a feeling that I had just that I wasn't able to be there. And there were a few small protests in the area where I was staying. But it didn't feel the same to me. And I definitely wanted to just continue to use the podcast. And you're right. The feedback that we've gotten from, from listeners has been incredible. I don't think that any of us expected for this kind of leap in listenership, which was pretty cool. And then just to see us featured on a number of different things. And even we had our uh, professional photos done the other day. Shout out to Jason's sister-in-law, as a matter of fact, for helping Shayna, us out
3: there. thank you.
1: That was awesome. So I'm looking forward to those things. And I uh, wanted to get your, your take on everything too, Julian, just in terms of what you've seen. Uh, I can't remember if you've actually gotten a chance to get out and protest or what you've been thinking about that, but what's, what's your take, man?
0: So I didn't go out to, uh, to protest. I uh, definitely had several opportunities, but I didn't for uh, a variety of reasons. I think one of the things that really stuck with me is one, that it's inspiring to see that the protests have lasted as long as they have. And, Definitely, because I can't rem- I can't recall a time when a protest for anything lasted as long as it has, and rightfully so. I mean, this is absolutely a, a, a huge uh, undertaking, um, and certainly caused by not just one event, but just a series of events that have historically impacted uh, you know communities who who look like us. I think I've been uh, super vigilant and keeping an eye on some of the conversations that have happened on on social media because. Obviously, when there's a protest of something, it gets into the whole like, oh, well, this is what a peaceful protest is. And you have mm-hmm. like the Martin Luther King, like locking arms with with people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Out? Yeah. Right. Gracious. Uh, and then you have that c- contrasted to uh, pictures of looters, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not rioters, but looters, you know, you know, pretty much just like in, in the vein of this is legal, Martin Luther King. And then this is not legal looting. And I've, you know, people seem to be so, uh, so ready to talk about that on social media. And before
2: I I would actually push back on that. I don't think they're ready to talk about that. I think they, they post that and then don't want anybody to say anything else Mm -hmm. because as soon as you challenge them on the idea that they're making a false equivalence and they're also talking about a situation in which the person that was leading that thing or the people that were leading that event died at the hands of people that were racists which is what we're talking about right now and the fact that people are more important than property just generally (laughs) as soon as you start pushing back on those points they're like get off my wall you know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to post something. Like I'm it's blocking I'm you. I don't need to, you know. Yeah.
0: So before, obviously before, you know, Ahmad and Brianna and before George, I would see people post things that I might have an issue with. And I think I would just like take a second to think about it. Think about if I want to respond and then, you know, just kind of go on. You know, it doesn't really take up too much energy on my end. But now I feel like there's this uh, sort of responsibility that I have to really, you know if it's on facebook i just click you know uh, follow this uh you know conversation Ugh. because i've i've really found myself poised to engage in conversation and not necessarily in a confrontational way but to offer another side of it now talking to you guys and you guys have, have been privy to some of the conversations that i've had a chance to um Don't get me started to be of yeah oh but gosh. But, uh, you know, I want to say it's been challenging, but I think in a good way In that, you know, I'm able to grow through the way that I communicate the ways in which I have I show my differences to other people. Uh, People feel so dignified and uh, uh, invalidated by the fact that they can say this and they have their own circle uh, who agrees with them. And so they feel completely comfortable. But when somebody just goes in and say, oh, we know you're completely wrong. You know, it's one thing because that's how you get that's how the conversation ends. Right but on the other hand i'm like hey that's an interesting take that you have here's another perspective on that and, you know and just say what you have to say and then i think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it fosters the conversation and so and i think uh, kind of tying this into the protests i think the protests really in a lot of ways are a catalyst for conversations like that because a lot of the posts that they have are generated on people's inability to distinguish between protesters rioters and looters you know mm-hmm. and uh so i i definitely want to make sure to address that and to actually be a part of that conversation and to provide some sort of insight or a different perspective. So,
3: you know, and I, and I, I want to kind of uh, piggyback of, of, of something that, that Sheldon said a little bit earlier. Sheldon, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong but, you know,
1: you're corrected. I,
3: OK, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want anybody to, to think that we're saying that, you know, you know speaking of legitimate uh, protests, that we are saying that, you know, our version of the process, like for us, this is healing. This is a a form of protest, you know, for other people, they have law services. Like for instance, we just did this portrait thing with Shayna, my, my, my sister-in-law that like, that's a form of protest. We're not, I I don't think, at least I wouldn't say that that form of protest is sort of like this, the same as people who are out in the streets, who are out protesting, because that has shown results. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, when you kind of start talking about legitimate protests. You know, we've said this a, a gazillion times, but we have been, you know, doing these kumbayas, we shall overcome marches for every event that that's happened really since the civil rights era. And, you know, it honestly wasn't until we started breaking shit and, and making people notice the anger in our community that we started to get results. We started to see- I don't know. Defund the police. That got people's attention. Sitting on the ca- you know, it, 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 and one thing that sort of, Bothered me when the protests and the riots and the looting first started was that you had a bunch of rich folks in general, but what bothered me was a bunch of, especially in Atlanta, a bunch of rich black folks talking about burning targets and and their stores and, and stuff like that, and it just really rubbed me the wrong way because that is what's getting people's attention. This is what's leading this revolution. Like. You know, one of the, the the things that really bothered me, I, I, and I, I may have explained this before, but I, I had this old history teacher, and he said the Civil Rights era was the first, like, bloodless revolution, which is, if you think about it, it's the most ignorant statement. Like, so many people die, you know, doing that that revolution, and the same thing is happening here. There is no revolution that does not happen without anarchy for a little bit, without breaking shit. So, you know, when people say, well, you know, well, the looters and, you know, well, if it wasn't for the looting, we would Mm -hmm. give this movement more credence. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's not true. If if that's going to stop you from supporting Black Lives Matter, then it's bullshit. You
1: were never really. I love black people until the target. (laughs) And then I just had to drive high. That's when I drew the line at the target.
3: Right. Right. I, I love Target too, you know? <laughs> there go
1: them but, everyday low prices. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, sometimes you have, to, you have to burn shit down <laughs> for people to start appreciating what you're saying and actually hearing and taking in what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree. I agree with that, but I, I feel like we did something similar at Ferguson with way less results, but I feel like the the thing that's giving us more of a of a response right now is just how people use their smartphones at these protests and how much footage we have of police doing the wrong thing at these protests mm. of, of po- people being just obscenely calm and and doing what they're supposed to i mean they're mad they're yelling they're 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 frustrated they're very fired up but then the police are the ones that engage violently and it's all caught on on film mm-hmm. all across the country. I think that and and seeing police beating up people of every color and people of every age has really changed everybody's narrative. I personally I think that's the thing. When you see when you see 4-year-olds getting gun guns pointed in their faces and you mm, see yeah. 75-year-old men with their heads cracked on concrete right. mm. like I mean, we, we've had camera phones
3: for the last 15 to 10 years. Like, people have been seeing that and like, eh, okay, whatever, white lives matter, and have been ignoring it. But in my opinion, it's not until we started breaking shit and causing, you know, economic turnaround or, or, or downturn or whatever, that people really started to, that the news stopped covering COVID-19 24 hours a day and started to pivot towards the riots the the anarchy because they it's almost like you know this generation is just so ha, has such a low attention span they they have to look at the shiny objects you know that's why yeah. some would argue that Trump is president you just don't you know it's just like people are like what the fuck is going well, on what's, they're bloodthirsty what's this too. over here they're bloodthirsty right. so it wasn't until you saw the blood and the gore and the and, and the and the bullets ricocheting off the ground and, and splitting people's heads open and and and, and Trump gassing American citizens over peaceful protests that things really started to, to change, like, you know, defund the police. I think Warren, we actually all had this conversation, like um, in Jenica and I had conversation, you know, the the main tenants of defund the police, you know, have been around for a long time, but they've been on the, the, the leftist side of the spectrum, right? Like they've been discussed, these things, these things have been around. Community policing, you know, taking funding and you know, spreading it out. Essentially, those things have been around for I don't even really want to. I don't even they, really
2: want to give yeah. that to the left. I want to kind of keep that as the the like black left, because we've had we've had a whole bunch of really racist Democrats. Oh, uh, yeah. That have in no way wanted to defund the police have wanted to fund the police more, more consistently, don't tell too much right? truth
1: now <laughs> oh
3: sorry but you I'm but sorry. you have the the let's say call <laughs> it the bernie side of the progressive moment right movement, sure that that certainly was all about these things and they've like oh you guys are fucking crazy but it wasn't until shit started to break the economy started to break that I, I don't know. It, it it has results. I mean, I'm absolutely not calling for rioting and and destroying of uh, small businesses and all that. And but, cool.
1: breaking I, I, I <laughs> but Breaking shit works.
3: But breaking breaking the right shit works.
1: I want to weigh in here for a second because I think there are a number of factors that kind of have made all of this come together. There is no doubt about it that quarantine and COVID nineteen created a space for things to stop and slow down and for our attention to really be focused in one particular area. So there's no doubt about that when we watched the murder of George Floyd, and I want to be clear about that. He was definitely murdered. Uh, people keep saying like the death or the passing. He didn't just mm. expire. No, right. he was he was killed. <laughs> so, but actually, you know, just with the, the break in attention span, no sports, no school, uh, people working from home, uh, all of those things, and really to see it basically on live television. I mean, that yeah. was a showstopper. And the way that it happened, because we, again, we are very familiar with this and we predicted th- this in a few episodes ago and we didn't want to be right. And we don't want to do episodes like that, but, you know, we predicted because we, we see these things all the time, but this time the world was watching. And so now it's like, and it was so heinous that there were, there had to be a response. So there was definitely that piece uh, to Jason's point. I mean, if we look just through history the, the movements in America where there has been significant change have come from very uncomfortable protests. And this is something that I really think that people who want to live in this, this cushy, nice, um, nobody-make-anything-uncomfortable m- world, they're, they're missing is that, again, protests and, and, and riots are the, uh, are, or was it the voice of the unheard? Uh, and basically... It is a way to get people's attention, and nobody actually wants to say, I condone rioting and crime because then they sound like a criminal and they like they can't be trusted. But when no one will hear you, what are your alternatives and so if you're if you really feel that you're at your at your last and that literally you could be walking home in your we know the scenarios in your house, in your car. At a friend's house, jogging, sleeping, biking, running, birding, birding, bird watching. It doesn't matter when you feel like your life is constantly being policed and constantly under threat or there's a, a somebody can call the police on you and then you are all of a sudden put in a cage. Or You know what I mean? And somebody would say, well, you shouldn't have done any crime, which you didn't do. And then uh, also, now that the police have decided to detain you, you shouldn't resist, which is a whole nother conversation. I mean, I would just get into like, there's the the natural tendency to resist arrest, obviously. But really, if we look at the history of this country, this country was not only built on the backs of slaves, but also built on the backs of of protesting and Mm -hmm. rioting and, and getting people's attention and saying, this isn't right. This isn't fair. And we're not going anywhere until you see what we're saying. So there's definitely an effect there for sure. And I think that it's important to really share all of those things. And, and protest really does have many faces and many facets. And there are going to be great protests. And I hear people just almost like getting excited about a peaceful protest. They're like, I protested peacefully today. And I'm like, that is excellent. That's, I, I did my part. Yep, that's really great. And not saying that that person didn't do anything. And I'm the first person to say because I haven't gotten a chance to be out there. At the same time, there is a difference, like Jason is saying, between talking to somebody on social media and putting your body and your life in between or in danger or in potential danger. So I think that all of these things are valid and worth consideration. And I hope that people who are listening really understand that protests are designed, they are made to get people's attention, to disrupt and to make you uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, that means that the protest is working. It means Mm -hmm. that it has your attention. And when you try to shout down a protest or tell somebody that they're protesting incorrectly, that's when you should really start to lean in and say, mm-hmm. Why, what, is it, what is their message? And maybe even if I don't agree with it, do I support uh, equal rights? Do I support uh, you know, the, the overall mission? Because I'm going to let folks in on a little secret. Black Lives Matter is going to take this whole thing for a ride here because just imagine for just a moment what this country would be like when Black Lives finally matter. Thanks for listening to Blacklight.
0: You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Blacklight Pod. That's Black L I T E Pod. If you have a topic, idea, or feedback you'd like to share with us, you can hit us up at blacklightpodcast at gmail.com.